start with the with the Chazara. You want to take it away? So Dorosh Rav Chama Nukrin Rechayim B'Moed Yishem Rabbi Meir. So Rav Chama said you can pierce, broaden the hole in the. No, I'm sorry, Nukrin. You can. You can um, groove the top stone of the millstone, the homoid, um, in the name of Rabbi Meir. Well, so, Nekrin Rechamimoid, you can groove the lower stone on Cholmoid, period. Okay. Then, Rishim Rabbi Meir Amar, or they switch it to Rav, I think. Afilu Sus Shirachev Olav, the Chamor Shirachev Olav. So from Rabbi Meir, we learned um, even the horse that you ride and the chamor that you ride, it's permissible to trim the hoofs on chol moed. Low. Um, but the donkey uh, that turns the uh, millstones, you can't, um, you can't um, trim his foot. Right. We said the reason for that is because you're just doing it for grinding. You just need to grind a little bit, right. so it's not necessary. It's not tzarechamayit. Rav Yehuda Shari Lemishkal Tufrei Lechamra Derecha. And so, if you are permitted, literally means to take the nails or the hooves of the donkey of the mill. And, and if you look at footnote 3, it's explained on. 10b1, yeah, for number three. Since trimming the hooves enhances its ability to grind the flour mm-hmm. for the festival, so that's why it's motor. So, you know, he's trying to explain because Rashi just explained the other opinion said that's not a tarachamite. So, why does he hold it is a tarachamite? So it's, it's not critical, but it definitely enhances the process. Mm-hmm. And it's permissible also to set up a millstone. And to build um, for the, the the millstone, something has mm-hmm. to hold them in place. Amas rechaya amas rechaya, and to build a, a structure, a barn for the millstone for the the mivne urya. And um, so Amas Rechaya is to build the frame of the mill, Livne Orya is to build a barn. Okay, do we take out Rav? No, or we, we switch it to Rav. Oh. Rav Shara Lisroke Susya. Rav permits us. Um, to um, to comb the horses, um, the lemivne carpita, mm-hmm. and to build uh, a manger 
A manger is a feeding trough. That's what Google said last time. Well, Mivne Artstava, and to build a, a bench, a stone mm-hmm. bench, and Rava Shara Lamishkal Dama Livhema Bechula de Moada. So Rava permits us um, to. Um, I don't think we did this last time. No, I don't think so. Okay, so let's start from here. So Rav Asher the Mishkal Dama Lebehima Bechol The Rav permitted taking the blood from an animal on a Chol Hamayid. Another was doing bloodletting, which at that point in time either was beneficial, or or at least it was understood to be beneficial and healthy to do some bloodletting. So, so this is just for the health of the animals? Yeah. So Rashi says the Mishkal Dama Lahakiz. Hakazah means uh, bloodletting. So the Mar is going to now go into, the Mar is going to discuss Rafua for a behemoth that's permitted on Chalmite. So Amr Abaye, Abaye tells Rava, Tanya, the Brysa, we learned in the Brysa that the Messiah that helps you, that proves that you're, what you're saying is correct. What's the text of the Brysa? The Brysa says, Makizim dam lebehima. We're allowed to do. We're allowed to take let out the blood from an animal. Vein moinin refuah lebehima. We also did not hold back from applying or doing with the animal things that are necessary for healing purposes. Bechayla yishalamayid on cholamayid. So, being that hakazas dam bloodless considered to be a concept of refuah. So therefore, that is permitted to be done on Cholamoyed. Okay. So Rav Shara Likeskusei Kirmi. Another thing that Rav permitted, Rav said that Rav permitted press, uh, pressing clothing. Uh, Kiskusei is pressing, Kirmi is clothing. Rav says, Kikusei Gihot Shekarin Kibulir. Which means pressing. Some Rishonim say that it's Gihot uh, is a form of cleaning. And if I recall correctly, there are those who say that it's both, that it's cleaning through pressing somehow. And Carmen, Rashi says, is begadim, clothing. So Rava permitted pressing the clothing on Chalamayid. Why? My time, what's the reason? Maisa hediyatu. This is a, an ordinary, unskilled activity, says Rashi. Maisa hediyatu, mutter la'asusi b'chayla shalmayid. The love ma'isa umunhum, so it's not a skilled work, and therefore it's permitted. Mm-hmm. And we know that Allah they now do laundry on cholamayid. There are hetarim for small children; they sew their clothing. There might be a term for a little bit older children to add with it, and whatever. But um, it seems like I'm assuming we're going to get more into this. But for right now, all we know is that if it's ma'isa umun, I would assume that. Throwing clothing into a washing machine in 2019 is not a mice right? Putting the clothing in the dryer is not a mice uman. Dry cleaning might be a mice uman, but regular laundry is not a mice uman. So we have to know why it's also. But this type of cleaning or pressing was permitted. Omar Vizu Barami. Rav Yitzhak, the son of Ami, said, Omar Vizu Barami, Kiture Biri Aser. Kiture Biri, which we'll define in a minute. That's Asher, my time, what's the reason? 
Maisa Umunhu. That's a skilled activity. What's Kitura Biri means? So it's really there's two, there's a girs of Biri, there's a girs of Beyadi, which means sleeves, the house of the hands, which is sleeves. And Kiture is like Kishur, it's like tying, so like some sort of tying of the sleeves. So Rashi has two Pshatim here. Um, our school goes with the second Pshat, I assume, because it's the more un- easier to understand Pshat. The first one is hard to understand. But let's see Rashi. Kiture, oh, Rashi says Kiture, oh no, Rashi says Kiture Beiri. But in the Mishra Sushas, they have the gifts of Kiture Beyadi. It says Rashi, Lemevad Bamoid. You cannot do it on Chalmaid. Why? This is what they would do. What did they do? So they would take Kalim. Smooth utensils. So Kalim can mean utensils. Kalim could mean clothing. And Chalukim can mean smooth and Chalukim can mean separate. And it could also mean a tunic. A Chaluk is a tunic. That's why I had a hard time with this Rashi. But say they came chalukim vahiyu machlikin aleihem beis yad, and they would be machlik on them uh, sleeve shel chalukehem, and that's ma'aseh uman huva aser. So it sounds like they would attach the sleeves of their tunics to this other kelim chalukim. So if we're talking about kelim, why you're adding sleeves to a real utensil? If it means clothing. So then, it almost looks like a play in words, right? Kim chalukin, machlikin chalukehen, right? You have the same word chaluk three times. So kilim chalukim, unless it means separate pieces of clothing, and they would maybe attach them by adding the sleeves from their chaluk onto them. Some sort of professional tailor operation going on here. I don't know exactly what they were doing. <coughs> but this um, procedure... Was not permitted on Cholmaid. Let's look at the, lush, the second Lush and see, maybe we'll come back to the first one. Lushnachrina, the second version. Lekavitz Kmatim, so to um, press the pleats. Sha Adam Yad, that person puts on the sleeves. Shemamalanis Makana, Shal Shibalim, you fill it up with the stalk, uh, with the straw of the stalks. Chalakim. They are smooth and Kampton and Parvansiobalas. So this sounds like that they would take a, like a wide sleeve, fold it over, and use the stalks like as separators, and then press it down so that they would have nice pleats in the sleeve. So setting up from a raw sleeve and and making those pleats. And nowadays, a lot of the pleats that we have, the pants that had pleats. Shirts that have pleats, a lot of them are sewn in, right? The, it's folded over and it's sewn. That's how it stays that way. Apparently, they had something else that was a pleat that it wasn't sewn in that way. They sew pleats in. If you have a if you have a pleat. Oh, oh, I see. Right, 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 right. Let's say yes, on the yes, back yes, of a yes, shirt, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, folded yeah. over and sewn. Right, right, right. Or in pants, it's also like this, folded right, over right, and right, sewn. Right. So, but this is not like that. Yeah, but this is like let's say on even let's say like on a regular pair of pants, right? So there there are also pleats, and you give give them to cleaners as pressed. So to press it, that might be a Maisa Uman. Really? So over here, but over here it's more than that. Over here it's almost like you're fashioning a baguette, right, by making these pleats. Um, and that's also to be done in Cholomite. Let's try, let's try this ration one more time. Katiri biri asra lemevad b'mayid. Shekacha yu'aysen. This is what they would do. Shayu neitlan kinlum chalukim. Let's say they would take separate... <coughs> 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 
<coughs> I don't think smooth clothing. I think kilm has to mean clothing, because we're talking about clothing. And chulukin can mean separate or smooth. I don't know what smooth would have to do or anything. That, that doesn't seem to matter. <coughs> so let's say I was a separate piece of clothing. Maybe they would press onto these clothing. Why are they adding sleeves to these clothing? He fills it up with a reed. So, some sort of advanced tailor activity, which was not permitted. How does, how does Rabbi Scroll deal with this? You tweeted a beery usher pleading a sleeve. So, let's look at 16. <coughs> Rashi's second explanation. And so, they just go with the second shot in Rashi. Okay, so, what's the next word? I think you fill the pleat with the reed or the stalk of the kernels. So basically, you take the straw. Very smooth. You fold. Yeah, and you, you yeah, and you pleat. So. Basically, you take this wide baguette and stick in these long tubes, and then you press over it. So that kind of keeps it separate. Okay, I've never done this. Okay, let's keep on going. So Rav said that that's not, you're not allowed to do that on Cholamite. So I'm going back to my, yeah. my explanation that Simchas Yom Tif is supposed to come from a sense that Kodesh Baruch Hu provides for it. So if something requires a lot of work, you feel that you did it, not Kodesh Baruch Hu. And if something requires particular skill, you think that he did it, not Kodesh Baruch Hu. Uh, so you saying, I can't even have some, some skilled work being done by somebody else. Because for the same reason. Well, it doesn't matter who's doing it. The point is it's skilled work. So What about a guy? Is a guy allowed? I don't even know what the Allah is. It's a good, according to that line of reasoning, a guy should not be able to do it. Right. Uh, right. That is correct. Because it, 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 it suggests that you don't need Kodesh Baruch Hu. What you need is your, you know, your three years of apprenticeship to a plumber. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right here. Um... Amar Rava. Amar Rava, man the masculine. So you see where we are? The line starts, my timer. My son, Amar Rava, man the masculine arrow. Or the Bach actually reads it, man the masculine tikla. So someone who is removing obstacles from a field. 
on Cholomoyed, so then it depends why he's doing it to know if it's permissible or not. Adapted Beidari, if he's doing it with the intention of enhancing that area of the ground so that it should be like a mini threshing house, so then we say, Shari, it's permitted. Why? Because you're allowed to do threshing on Cholomoyed so that you could have uh, flour to use. But Adapted the Ara, if he's doing it, if the purpose of what he's doing is in order to improve the quality of the ground by removing these obstacles, then that's Asr. So again, it depends on his intention. If he's doing it in order to have a threshing, a place to do threshing that's permissible, he's doing it for the car gets Asr. How do you know what he's doing? Hechi dummy. So how can you tell if what he's doing is for the purpose of um, a threshing floor, for the, if he's doing it for the purpose of of improving the ground. Mulya, so there's two gear stories here, but even before we jump into Gemara's answer, which might be a little bit confusing, but really, what's Gemara's question? The Gemara's question is, to an outsider, Gemara's going to say, depending on how he does it, right, that's going to show us whether or not he's doing it for Cholmite, permissible purposes of threshing, or he's doing it to improve the quality of the karka so that he can plow and plant it later. But real, the real question is, who cares what it looks like? If what I, if at the end of the day I'm doing it so that I could thresh, then it should be mutter. If I'm not doing it so I could thresh, it, could, it should be also. What's the Gemara's question? So I think I saw the article brought down from somebody that the question really is. Is the question how do you know which is his intention? Why do you need to know his intention? That is the question. The question on the Gemara's question is, who cares how you're going to know what my intention is? I'm the person who needs to... I'm learning the halacha. You tell me that if I'm doing it for threshing, it's mother for the karka tzasr. So fine. If I'm doing it for threshing and you think I'm doing it for the karka, who cares? So they explain that the Gemara's, the Gemara's question really is more than that. The Gemara's question is... How it let? Of course, I'm doing it for threshing because otherwise it would be awesome. But how can I do it in a way that's obvious that I'm doing it for threshing, so that I will not uh, have other people say things about me? As Allah that even if you're doing something that's mutter, there's marasain tam You're not supposed to make people raise an eyebrow, even if what you're doing is permissible. So the Mrs. Kasha is, how can I do something and make it so obvious that I'm doing it for a permissible purpose? The another pshat that they bring is. Like from a Rav's perspective, that a Rav has an obligation to protest if they see something that's not being done according to Halacha. So how does a Rav know if what's going on, what the person's intention is? So they're going to say, based on what we see, it's going to tell us what his intention is. That's, that's what we want to know. Now let's see what the Gemara says. says, hey, Kedami. So let's, let's read it the way we have it for now. You might as well. Molya b'molya. If he takes a pile, so basically we're saying that he has an uneven field. There are a bunch of holes and there's a bunch of hills. And we're not talking about hills, we're talking about mounds, right? Small mounds of dirt. So if he if he does mulya bemulya, he puts one hill next to another hill, benatsa benatsa, and he puts the holes into the holes, then we say adata debedari. Let's just read the way we have it for now. That means that he's doing it for threshing. And that says he's doing it for threshing. However, if he's shakal mulya, the shadavanatso, if he takes 
a pile and he puts it into a hole, then a dot to the arrow. So the way we would understand this gear, so, is that by putting a, a one pile next to another pile, so we're making a small flat area which would be suitable for threshing. For threshing, you need less of a surface area that's flat than you would need for actually planting. You don't have to plant the field, you really want everything to be smooth. To do threshing, you just need a small area that's smooth so you can set that up as your threshing station. Okay, so, so he has to put the spirit of one mound onto, the, onto another mound. Or maybe next to it, so to, to even it out. No, no, it's permissible if he puts it from one right. mound on top of another mound, because it, then it's clear he's not evening out the field. Yeah, well, yeah there's some, why is he doing anything? If he's doing that, he's, he's making a small, flat area for threshing. Right, so that means without doing anything, there wasn't a good enough area. By adding in this extra mulya, then he's getting enough of veneer. And the same thing with Natsu Banatsu, he's going to have a small area that's enough for threshing. But the, the best way to get an area for threshing and improve the quality of the karkam is by taking the mulya and putting it into the If taking a hill and you put it into a hole, then you'll have a big area, which you can use for threshing. It's also good for the field. Now this, this fits well with the way we just explained the Gemara's question. If I'm doing it for threshing, why can't I do it in a way that's good for both? Right? If, if the truth is that I'm doing it for threshing, then why can't I pick up the mulya, put it in a nut? It's also good for the field, but that's not just for the field I would stay home and, and continue with my yantif activities. The reason why I went out to the field with a shovel is because I have to thresh. So we're saying, but if the concern is for somebody else, that's why we have to be very careful. So I understand. I understand if he <coughs> takes dirt from a mound and puts it on top of another mound. But I don't understand if if Benitza, if he took a mound. Um, no, what, what's the Natsa Benata? Natsa Benata. How do you like? How do you you? You dig from, you take dirt from one hole and you put it into another hole. That looks like you're filling the second hole. So, so let's see what I I mean, how do you fill a hole with a hole? Well, it's, it's, what I understand is if you take the dirt from one hole and put it into another hole, so you're going from hole to hole, so you're... You get nothing. You get nothing, but you know that's uh, that's like a semantic trick because if you watch, you're filling the second hole. You take. We still gain nothing for your bedari or for anything. No, you, if, if you did that, 